Yes, yes. Welcome to Conversations of the Heart. It is your boy, it's your host, T. Till. Today, we are going to be having a special guest, very special guest, Sophrona McLennan of the Sophia Alexandria Foundation. Um, we're going to be getting into, you know, different topics about her journey as a cancer mom, you know, um, and about her foundation and about her daughter's book, you know. So I'm definitely looking forward to having her on the show. Marino, what's going on, brother? How you doing, bro? You good? I hope all is well, man. Yo, appreciate it, bro. Appreciate you tuning in, bro. Um, you know, this is going to be a, a, another amazing show with an amazing person. So I hope you enjoy it, man. Just waiting for Sephora to tap in. Infinite Life. Shout out to Infinite Life. Appreciate you joining in, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me see if I can get Sephora in. Alright, I see her in here. Let me see. So, waiting for the tap in. Sephrona. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. Um, uh, definitely. Thank you. Um, well, first, thank you for um, for popping in, joining the, the show. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, you're somebody that I've always thought of, and I said, man, you know, I really want to get you on the show to tell your story, um, and to tell the story of your amazing daughter. But first, um. How have you been how, and how are you doing amongst all of the madness, the, the pandemic, the, all of the social injustice, the unrest? It's a lot of things going on today, um, you know, so I, I just wanted to just know, just how are you doing? Um, I'm hanging in there trying to maintain. It's a lot of madness. Um, mm -hmm. With Corona, um, I feel like mm -hmm. I'm used to being quarantined, so it's kind of normal right. for me. Right. So... Right now, we're just maintaining until after the election. See, you know, we're gonna have more madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that's probably a guarantee. It will absolutely happen. Um, and it's interesting. Um, like when I look at your situation and your story, the one thing I know is that you kind of went right into the new year, right? Um, after the un the unfortunate passing of your daughter, you went right into pretty much a full blown pandemic. Um. 
and then everything else that kind of happened with that. So we'll circle back to to that. Um, but really, I could, I really want to know about the Zofia Alexandra story. Um, she was an amazing young girl. Um, and I know that's what, you know, that's one, that's just one of the things that we're here to talk about. So just take us through just who she is, or, or who she was, excuse me, her journey, um, um, and just what she meant to you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I, I have my tissues. <laughs> oh, no, don't do this to me out here. No, man. Oh, man. Well, to backtrack, um, yeah. Sophia Alexandria, my daughter, was amazing. She was a miracle. She was courageous. Um, she was diagnosed with brain cancer at the age of two. Yeah. And after a four-year battle, she passed away on Christmas Sunday so of 2019. Mm-hmm. But throughout mm-hmm. the journey, um, you know, doctors had given her one day to live. They gave her four days to live. And she always mm. bounced back. You know, I never mm-hmm. really expected what happened on Christmas Sunday to happen. Right. But unfortunately, you know, that was the outcome. But throughout the journey, right. she was courageous. She did things that, you know, was unexpected. The life expectancy mm-hmm. for her disease was maybe about nine months after Wow. Yeah, around six or nine months after diagnosis, we did get four years. So, mm-hmm. you know, happy with that. But she was a miracle, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just when, well, first, like when you sent me the text, um, on, you know, around you know, Christmas, like I was kind of floored, um, you know, just mm-hmm. because of, you know, first of all, it's, you know, it's Christmas and you don't expect it, right? You know, but the one thing that you told me was that she went out on her own terms. Um, and I was just like, wow. Um, no, because that that was super powerful for, for me to just see because coming from a mother, um, I was like, wow. Like, that's to me, that was a lot of strength for you to even write those, to even text that to me. I was just like, I can't even imagine... Um, just what you were going through at that point in time. But then even to to just type that, I was just like, you probably just one of the strongest people I know, uh, to be honest. I was just like, wow. Well, thank you. Um, You know, she did go on on her own terms. Um, She was on life support. They gave her medicine and they said, you know, she would fall asleep for a little bit and then she would wake up. She never Mm -hmm. woke up. Um, They said that she was brain dead. They did a couple of tests and declaring her brain dead. Her heart was still beating. All her vitals was great. They wanted me mm-hmm. to take her off life support. I couldn't mm. do it. I wouldn't do it. Right, and of course not. Like, how can you do that? So mm-hmm. their time of death and date is different from, from my date. So, you know, right. on Christmas Sunday, they were, they had planned to take her off the Monday. And then right. that Sunday, you know, my brother came, my mom was there, it was just us. Mm-hmm. And then I told the family, you know, I was like, I, people wanted to come and it was just, it was too much because they didn't understand what I was going through. So I told right. them, no, I said, that's my day with my child, my last moments. And it, it literally was. And I didn't even know what I was saying until 
things kind of played out. So mm -hmm. that Sunday, you know, my brother went to church and he Oh my goodness like what is happening like all her vitals because you know when they say when your brain's dead like the brain is not telling the body certain things so your vital signs are wacky so right. you're seeing like things are just going crazy on a normal person everybody would come running into the room like no one came running in so mm -hmm. that Sunday I'm like oh my god like what is happening and then you know I said Zoe you wait <laughs> like I literally was mm -hmm. talking to her as if she was alive so I had to wait I'm like uncle is coming do you know everything calm down and I was like wow I said you're wow. in there so you know in my mind like I never thought that things would go the way they did I still thought she was gonna wake up right. so he got there and when he got there, you know, like we prayed and everything, and then it just her head uh -huh. stopped, and it was like, wow, like she waited for that moment for who was always there for her to be there at right. that moment. So she did it wow. on her own terms, and I didn't have to have the burden of pulling the plug because, um, you know, it just it just mm. sounds so insensitive, and I couldn't do it. Mm. And I wouldn't do it. So I let the hospital, since right. they, I feel, had something to do with this whole mess and wasn't completely honest with me about stuff, I wasn't going to be mm. the one to say, oh, I'm going to take my child off. No, I'm not going to do that. So they forced right. me into a corner, and I still was like, I'm not doing it. But then she took the burden for me. She did it on her own, how she wanted it. So wow. you know, I had to thank her for that and thank her for waiting for uncle. <laughs> Right, and yeah, of course. That was how that happened on Christmas Sunday. And Christmas is like the biggest time of the year for her and for us. So she went mm -hmm. out on that holiday. So it's like she always did things on her own terms anyway. Like that's just who she was. You right. know what I mean? I can laugh at that um, statement, but it's it's a sad situation. But yeah. she always did what she wanted to do. Mm. And so... When I've seen, you know, just with the videos, the pictures and everything, she was seemed very, always very resilient, very resilient kid. Always, you know, smiling, having fun. Um, and that always seemed to just be who she was. She was like a, a beacon of light, you know, even for people, of course, who, who knew her, but even for people who never got a chance to meet her, she was always that bright smile, that bright light. Um, and being an inspiration at such a young age, um, in the midst of what she was going through. Um, would you say that, that that's pretty accurate? I, I mean, that's very accurate. I mean, um, so it was a type of kid that she never complained, you know, and she always wanted to do things. And no matter what happened and no matter what we were going through and mm -hmm. how she felt, because there was times that she's gotten so much medicine throughout the day and then, you know, mm -hmm. she'd take a nap and then, oh, I'm bored. What are, what are we doing today? I, I want to go out. And I'm like, after all that, you want to go outside? Wow. <laughs> so she always wanted to do things. And she was genuinely a happy kid. And you can't fake that as a parent to say the child is happy or not happy. Because most of the time she was always smiling. And like I said, she didn't, she never complained. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. You know, I most kids would complain that they're sick. If she told me that something wasn't right, I always mm -hmm. listened to her because for the most part, she was always okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and and so it's interesting now. Uh, the book um, "Miracles Can Can Happen." Um, mm -hmm. and you know, at first, you know, like I I like when I heard about the book, I thought like that you were writing the book like for her and stuff like that. But then when you was like, no, like she started the book um, previously. And I was in that, and that blew, that blew my mind. You know, um, how did that come about? You know, like, you know, did, did she say like, I, I want to write a book, mom? Like, like, how did that even come about? Well, the whole thing with the book, um, there is a organization that helped with this book, books that mm -hmm. can heal. And they mm -hmm. were a contributor. So she had the opportunity to write a book and to draw the pictures and tell her own story. Wow. This came about while she was in the hospital. So mm -hmm. she was very excited that she was going to, you know, have a book. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be an author. Like, she was happy. And then, it, you know, obviously things didn't happen for her to finish what she started. Right. So. Mm -hmm. The ending had to be changed, and instead of mm -hmm. her drawing, we used her photos. Right. But she's still um, the author of the mm -hmm. book. So. A hundred percent. Um, but just for you know somebody you know that that small to have, you know, just say hey, you know that 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 they're gonna write a book, you know, like you know, I didn't reach that point until I'm you know I'm oh I'm not gonna tell my age, but you know I'm in my mid thirties, <laughs> um, and. I didn't even really reach that point for even for myself to say, you know what, I think I want to write, I write a book or something until I was maybe a couple of years ago, you know? So to have somebody that young, you know, just to say, Hey, you know what, I don't know that they're going to write a book and they've written a book and they, and they've left the imprint and a legacy um, that I know that is going to be inspiring gen, gen, generations. Um, Cause when I looked at the book, when I bought the book and I got it and, and I, I looked at it and I read it, I was like, like, this is amazing. Um, this is absolutely amazing. So, um, well, well, first of all, um, tell people where they can get the book, please, because I want everybody to get this book. The book, Miracles Can Happen, you can get yes. it on our webpage at um, ZofiaAlexandriaFoundation.org. Mm -hmm. It's also available mm -hmm. on Amazon. It's also available at BooksCanHeal.org. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's three places you can get the book. I'm working mm -hmm. on getting it in other places. Um, I'm never going to stop working on her stuff. Of so mm -hmm. hopefully it will be in, in bookstores and you can just go and grab it off the shelf. That is the goal. But for mm -hmm. now, you can get it on the website or you can get mm -hmm. it from Amazon. You know, whatever is easier. A hundred percent. And I want people to really go out there and, and get this amazing book, um, support this amazing young girl who did a lot um in her young age that even some people that are older has never even um accomplished yet you know and you know so i think that's super important so brian's oh my brother's on here he, he he said uh i've never had the pleasure to meet her but um she would seem like such an amazing a little girl who touched so many lives at such a young age and i mean that, that that's absolutely true um so pivoting to the Zofia Alexandria Foundation, um, you know, when did you start it? Um, like, what's the goal? Like, just tell, you know, I, I know you told me personally about it, but just tell everybody, the listeners, about 
you know, how you started it, when you started it, um, and kind of just what the goals are. Well, the Zofia Alexandria Foundation, um, when Zofia passed away, it was I, like the worst time of my life. I, and I, I, I sometimes still feel that it's the worst time, but I really just try to keep myself busy because you know, it hasn't even been a year yet. Mm -hmm. um, after everything happened, if like 10 days later, I said, you know, I wanted to do a foundation and I think 10 days later, I filed the paperwork. I know people thought I was crazy. People that I knew mm -hmm. said, wait a year. But I found that it was now or never. So I started it. And um, the mission of the foundation is to honor her life, her legacy with brain cancer, and also enrich the lives of cancer kids and their families. Mm. So um, all my paperwork and everything came back right before shutdown. So I'm like, wow, you know, Look when I started everything in January, while I was waiting on the paperwork, I was working mm -hmm. on the webpage. And, you know, mm -hmm. I was on the leave from work. And for three months, all I did was work on her page day and night, day and night. Like some nights I was literally mm -hmm. up almost 24 hours. So mm -hmm. what you see now is like three months worth of work. So wow. Just when I was about to be almost finished with the page, everything came in. I'm like, oh, my God, we're in business. I'm like, we're, like, legit. So then wow. it was, you know, when do we launch? And Easter was another one of her favorites. I thought that was a perfect day to launch the page in the middle of Corona. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. again, you know, some said, maybe you should wait. And I said, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to launch. This is one of her favorite holidays. And... Mm -hmm. I launched it on Easter Sunday in the middle of wow. Corona. And we've mm -hmm. been pretty much nonstop, you know. I mm -hmm. mean, I never knew, like, all of this would have happened in such a short period of time. But it came together. Right. And it came together, like, effortlessly. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it was just meant to be. It's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so how can people donate um, to this foundation? Because I really want pe pe people to, to donate to the foundation and support you um, and support Zofia. So, you know, how can people really donate? To donate to the page, they just have to go to ZofiaAlexandriaFoundation.org. You can donate there. Mm -hmm. We're also on Guide Star if people um, feel uncomfortable with donating to a charity that's not legit because we are a 501c. And yes, you have to be a 501c to be on GuideStar. So they mm -hmm. can go there. Uh, you can come to our page. It's also um, PayPal. We're also on Facebook. There's, there's so many ways to donate. But we do mm -hmm. have seven programs. And with our programs, everything goes back to the families. Mm -hmm. So what I feel is different about her foundation and her page mm -hmm. is that everything is authentically her like right. everything that i'm giving back to families or trying to do she's done mm -hmm. or we've done together and the right. pictures are all there so i'm not trying to um offer something to a family and you know it's like selling a dollar in a dream no we did it so it's all mm -hmm. her like everything is authentically her right right yeah. Um, 
And when I was on the page itself, like I was looking at all like the different types of donations that you, that you can do. Some as for education, some are for um, you know like trips or just recreational things. Um, there's just many different ways that you could donate uh, to this foundation, and I, I think it's incredible. And what I think that's so good about what you're doing is that it's legit, like all about her. Um, everything that you've done is is truly it's all about her. Um, in her name, in her honor. Um, of course, as as it should be, um, but I think that that's amazing uh, for for you, you know, because you could have done it various different ways, as many different foundations do, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, but you are absolutely doing it in her honor for uh, these families. So um, I just want to say, you know, th this is amazing. Um, I think that you're doing an incredible job so far with this foundation, just being up less than a year, um, and you've already been doing some incredible things. Um, I think that it says that you just won an award, right? If I'm not mistaken, um, uh, I think it's what uh, helping hands. Yes, um, ah. I got the helping hands award at work. I really didn't expect it, and mm -hmm. you know, before the foundation, well, I'm still doing helping hands at work. I am the coordinator there. Wow. For um, like organizing different uh, mm -hmm. charity things, like we do, go out and cook for families at the Ronald McDonald House. We donate toys. We do different mm -hmm. things throughout the year there. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty much the coordinator of um, doing different things to raise money amongst the group and raffles mm -hmm. and different things at work. So I never um, didn't expect to win that for my own foundation. I didn't even know about mm -hmm. it. And to get it in September, it was, you know, it was pretty cool to get that. So I was happy, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I mean, obviously, you you deserve it. So, um, you know, if anybody de deserves it, it, it is you. Okay. Um, so talk to me about you, about your journey. Um, because, look, I remember years ago, I, I think I remember telling my mom this over and over again since I was, like, in, in, in my early 20s. I never understood how kids um, – get cancer i never understood why they get cancer i never like it it's something truthfully speaking this is real i never i thought it was so cruel and this is from i mean i was like young till i used to tell because you know i've been around people sick i've been around you know just many different things in, in my life and i've seen things but that's the one thing that i could never wrap my head to understand i always thought that it was cruel and i always used to just question god about so many things about that and and i said i don't understand I said, of all the, of all the things, the people, and I said, I don't understand why young kids. And, I, and I've been asking this, this question since I, as young as I could remember because it baffled me. It really bothered me. Um, and so I can only imagine as a parent, um, you kind of going, well, or maybe not, but kind of going through those same um, kind of questions in your head. But in your journey, as a cancer, as you would call it, a cancer mom, like, how did you, like, how were you able to navigate that every day? Because what I know is that you were engaged and in it. Like, you weren't, like, like you weren't just, like, you know, I'm here, but, like, like, you were, like, I'm here every day. I'm in it 24-7, 365. Even in spite of myself, I'm here. Mm 
I know it's hard. And if you don't want to answer, please, I listen, we can move on. But, um, you know, it's, it's a journey. And it was a rough one. Um, and I think that many people don't really un understand the toll that it takes on the family member. You know, of course, we, we, the subject is always, you know, because I know, you know, the subject is always the person that's going through, you know, of course, as, as it should. But the toll it takes on the actual person that's taking care is something that people don't really understand. You know, and being a mother is something different. I mean, it's the whole four years was a journey. Even when she was diagnosed, you know, before that she wasn't well. And we told them, oh, something's not right. Because she started to just not eat. And we mm -hmm. found out later that, you know, with the brain tumor, it affects your eating. Told the pediatrician, something's not right. Oh, nothing's wrong with her. She told me she had a behavioral mm -hmm. problem. I'm like, a behavioral problem? She mm -hmm. was a sweet, happy kid. So, right. I, you know, I'm like, if she's not eating something that right, then she got really, really skinny. Mm -hmm. And then it looked like I wasn't feeding her. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, because they ran different tests. And then they told me that she was fine. And I'm like, she's not fine. Mm -hmm. I bought every right. food on the market. And I even have a photo to this day. I bought one of everything. She wouldn't eat nothing. Mm. What happened was, you know, one day I went to work. I was at work and my mom watched her. My mom lives in Florida, actually. She stayed in New mm -hmm. York to help me with Zoe because she, she wasn't well. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't eating. And then um, they told me, you know, she needed to go and to a feeding program to learn how to eat. So mm. I'm like, a feeding program? I've never heard that. Went to a feeding program, drove to Jersey for six weeks. She still wouldn't eat. So they were like, oh, she's the cream of the crop. No one ever failed mm. that program. Like, my child's not a failure. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why she's not eating. Right. So after that whole program, and we're home, and we're there every day trying to get her to eat, and she wouldn't eat. She got to a point where she couldn't stand so my mom called me at work and was like, you know, something is not right. I shook a little off balance. So I'm like, huh? So I left work now. You know, I'm always running out of work. Thank God I still have a job. So I left work. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I took her to a different pediatrician. And then she said she wanted to, um, to do blood work. So I had to go and take her to do blood work. Now I was going into the weekend, so I wouldn't get the results back until like the Monday. Mm -hmm. So then that, um, like a day later, mm -hmm. like her, she couldn't stand up. Like her knees were buckling and she, she just couldn't, she wanted to go up in the bed, like she couldn't stand up. So wow. we ended up going to a hospital and I went to a different hospital this time because what I didn't tell you was like with all this oh she wasn't eating I was bringing her to the hospital I got thrown out the hospital and I went back every week for a month they told me nothing is wrong with her they called her pediatrician and the pediatrician was like oh I know Sophia nothing is wrong with her and they sent me home so naturally oh. you know I'm gonna go off the mm -hmm. doctor laughed at me oh nothing's wrong with her you're a new mom and they threw me out Four times I got thrown out the hospital or sent home. 
because nothing is wrong with her because I'm quote unquote a new mom. So now when we're at a point where she's not standing and then we go to another hospital, I said, let me go to St. Mary's. I didn't know St. Mary's like the inpatient state. So we ended up at St. Mary's and we saw some lady in the parking lot. I said to my mom, I said, why is it so dark? Like, you know, with the emergency yeah. room, there was nothing going on. And this right. lady came out of nowhere and then she told us, uh, you know, I asked her, I'm like, where's the emergency room? She said, oh, you know, this is the extended stay. It's not a hospital you go to for emergency. You have to go to Cohen's. I'm like, I never even heard mm -hmm. of Cohen's. So, right. you know, I said, okay, thanks. When I turned around, the woman was gone. So I'm like, oh, the woman was godsend because we ended up at Cohen's. We right. waited five and a half hours in the emergency room, not knowing yeah. the news that we were gonna get. Then in the emergency room, she wasn't running a fever, but she didn't mm -hmm. look right. So my mom went back right. and forth with the triage nurse. And then she mm -hmm. said, oh, normally we don't do this, but we're just going to bring her back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they brought her in. You know, we were sitting there for five and a half hours. So we finally got back there. We kind of skipped some people, I guess. And then they, did, they said they had to do a scan based on what we told them. And I had to, like, lay with her for her to fall asleep to do this scan. And then they came in and started connecting all types of stuff, told me to sit down. And then mm. the doctors told us that she had a brain tumor and, you know, they needed to do emergency surgery. And then my mom was like, we need a second opinion. His exact phrase, she's gonna die. So I was like, you know, and then they had to do emergency surgery, three o'clock mm. in the morning. And then he said wow. that if, they didn't do it, she had a day to live because the brain tumor blocked the spinal fluid, like it was up to here pretty much. And then Ooh. that could make you fall asleep and she could have fell asleep and not woke up. So he said she could have um, died in the waiting area. And then that's when we found out like the cancer had spread down her spine and she had a big tumor in her tailbone. That's why she couldn't stand up. So all this time when they're telling me that she had a behavior problem, that that's why she wasn't eating and mm. no one really did their job, but I'm that crazy mom that got thrown out the emergency mm -hmm. room and laughed at when right. my child was dying. See, that dries on my tears quick because then when I get angry now, angry. it's like I'm always that crazy mom, but they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's it's so it's so disheartening because it's so important that we have we have to be our own advocates, um, you know, for either our for our family members, our kids, like or for ourselves. Because even, you know, just as black people and black women especially, you know, um, it's like they don't diagnose correctly, right? They you know, or they don't take you seriously, right? And so it's it's like there's a lot of misdiagnosis and things like that, you know, especially in the black community, you know, so for you, like, you knew that something wasn't right, you know, mm -hmm. and you've been the, mom, the mama bear that you are. Um, you had to be the advocate because your daughter couldn't be for herself. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and it definitely saved her life, you know, um, as far as, you know, for her living, you know, these, these four years. And now we have the book and the foundation and all of these things were birthed because of the actions that you took. Um, so I, I think this is an incredible example um, for people 
um, to be advocates for your kids, to be advocates for your brother, for your sister, for your mother, for yourself. If you don't feel comfortable at a certain doctor, get a second opinion, third opinion, do what you got to do um, to get the right diagnosis and to get the right care for yourself. Um, so again, you like, you know, like you're an amazing mom, like you like you did the right things um, where, where some people could have just walked away, you know, um, and, and said, okay, you know, um, but you said, no, something's just not right. I know my daughter. I know something is not right. Um, so again, you know, that is, you know, hats off to you for being the mama bear that you are. Uh, let me oh, see. Dean Morgan said, uh, caregivers are so very important as you are an ex example of, of a great one. Um, and I couldn't put it any better myself. Um, you know, because the, uh, the journey, um, for you, for those four years, um, every day, but I think you told me one time that the journey was a little easier because of how Zoe was, right? Because she was so happy, uh, because she was a light, right? Um, that made your job, I won't say easier, but it just, like, you were able to go harder because of her and because of the way that, that she lived her life, right? Um, so... I mean, she told me, as I will keep fighting if you keep fighting. Like, she was always that driving force, and... Uh -huh. She was a happy kid. She wanted to do things. She wanted to live, you know, and she was mm -hmm. a fighter. No matter what was going on, she was just like, I didn't really understand it at times, you know, she went through so much. She had brain surgery and she, the next day was up dancing. Like, you know, they have these cribs and she's up dancing in the crib. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't think I would be able to handle that. She was very resilient. Mm. But, um, you know, throughout the journey, I feel like she was just full of life that sometimes you forget for a moment that she was even sick. Because she always said that she wasn't sick. She's like, I'm not sick. Jesus is making me better, you know? Wow. Wow. So you couldn't tell wow. her that she was sick. Wow. Man, it's so funny yeah. that you said that. A day after brain surgery, she was up dancing in her crib and stuff like that. And it's funny, you know, as a man, sometimes you catch a cold and I'm, I can't even move for the day. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Fever. I'm finished. I, you're not getting nothing from me today. Um, but to have somebody who was so young to have, you know, that much energy, that much life, to even after brain surgery, like to say, hey, like I'm still full of the joy and I'm going to live and dance. Um, like there is no tomorrow. Right. And and she provided you with that, you know, um, man, that was so amazing. And, and just to see, you know, even at the at the services, um, how many people that were there. Right. How many people were there? Like you would think like the person lived like 30 years or more because of the impact that she made. She was four years old. It's four, four. Now, people, people got to understand, you know, like it's like wow and the people that were there to show so much love and the hearts that she touched um it, it spoke volumes to who she was um and as far as green now green was her favorite color right was because the foundation yes. is green like everything is greened out um and i was like Yo, this is amazing 
and, and it's just like my mother. Her favorite color is green too. But like everybody knew her favorite color. Everybody wore her favorite color. Everybody was there in unison for her. Um, and it just shows like how she infused love, laughter, light into everybody's life, you know, and that they showed up there at a packed church, like, you know what I mean? And it was just like, and I was amazed by it. Um, and I was just like, wow, you know, to, to leave a legacy at that young age, um, you could only hope to do so. And as you live in life that you live that type of legacy, um, for, for people to come out for you the same way. I mean, it was amazing. The service was amazing. I mean, honestly, I didn't really know exactly how many people were coming and it was more than I expected. We even ran out of program. I think I had 150 program. We had over 200 people show up and it was all different races. It was from different periods of her life. And one would think, okay, you know, she was sick for four years, but for a six year old to have that many people Mm -hmm. come out and be supportive. And I've had people come up to me and, church that I didn't know that said that they knew her and they were inspired so mm-hmm. you know, yep that was a beautiful mm-hmm. thing in regards to her um, dream, she mm-hmm. is very adamant about what she likes I dressed her up in all pink and I have to tell this story because this is just who she was as a kid I dressed her Please. up in all pink mm-hmm. that's my favorite color and she looked at herself all pink we need to talk She's like, sit down, we need to talk. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> said Zoe. And then her sweet little voice told me, I don't want to disappoint you because you love me so much, but I don't like pink, okay? Green is my color. And I said, wow. You know, and I had to tell her, I would never be disappointed because you don't like what I like. I love the fact that you know what you like and you want what you want. And she would, say it all the time mama love pink i love green like if she got stuff and it was pink this is not for me they bought this for you Mm -hmm. they don't know that i don't like Mm -hmm. pink and i'm like oh my god you know so she knew who she was Mm -hmm. she was very adamant about what she liked what she didn't like she always stood her Mm -hmm. ground she was a fighter and that's what i loved about her you know Mm -hmm. and you know (laughs) (laughs) um Listen, the one thing I do know is that if she's anything like you, she was anything like you, <laughs> you got a you got a mouth. You know what I'm saying? And, and and you know, we've had our sparring sessions um when I was younger. I I remember all of it and I was scared for all of it too. Um I wanted all the smoke back then, you know. So um, you know, so I know that if she, you know, she's a fighter, she's a fighter like you. Um you know, and that's something that to live a life for six years, but to be sick for, for more than half, right? Like to be sick for four of those six of those six years, right? Um, to still be able to, to, to truly have that spunk and that fight um, in her is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. It's a testament to who she was. It's a testament to who you are. You know what I'm saying? So now after this whole, you know, after... The, the services and, and everything else now is you jump right into the foundation. Right. Um, but, you know, I always say, you know, everybody grieves differently, you know, and it's okay to grieve. It's perfectly people grieve for years on end. 
And it's okay that people aren't okay after someone passes. Um, but the one thing that I, I know that you did was you finished the book, you, um, you had the foundation, um, and, and, and you had things to kind of, I won't say keep you busy, but just, you know, to kind of keep you going, keep you motivated. Um, I know that you have your, your hard parts because how could you not, you know, um, so the one thing I just, for you, I, I just want to encourage you to just, just to keep doing what, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and, but don't forget about yourself at the same time. Um, because you're needed here on this earth forever. Like, like we need people like you forever. And I'm dead serious, you know, you know, uh, people, um, they lose themselves so sometimes and, you know, and I understand that, you know, but for somebody like you who is passionate to do this work, to be on the front lines, to do this work, um, you know, you can't forget you no, no matter what, you know? Um, so if there's anything that I could tell you, if you need from me, you're like, you got it. Um, because you need to be sound mentally, emotionally, all types of ways. So I just want to just say from me to you, whatever you need from me, I got you a hundred percent. Um, because we need you here to do this work. Um, yeah, her story is, her story is, is amazing. You are amazing. Um, now the type of brain cancer that she had was, it's called, um, pen, is it penoblastoma? Yes. Am I saying it right? Yes. Okay. Um, is that rare? Um, it, it's a rare, is it like a rare brain cancer or is it? It's rare and it's aggressive. Now she... The first time when everything happened, when she was two, she was in the hospital for about eight to nine months. And mm -hmm. she was completely cancer-free. She was cancer-free for about a year, and then it came back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it I came remember back, that. She was on a steady drug, and it went away for a, maybe about a year later, it, and it came mm -hmm. back again. And then wow. the third time, it just... Um, when it came back they told me there's nothing more they can do for her and mm -hmm. it was um it was a crazy day when i got that phone call and it was crazy because i was actually coming from court mm -hmm. and i'm like you know i got full custody and i'm like oh i got full custody i was happy and i'm like i got that news no this mm -hmm. was the second time he came back i got I was coming from court. I'm like, wow, like how ironic on the same day, you know, my life is just crazy. So I have to put everything in a book because if I tell people how things played out, they would think that I was making it up. So I was coming mm -hmm. from court. I'm like, I just have court. Once I have it with, you know, full custody and here I am, like my child cancer is back. Like I got that phone call on the same day. I'm like, wow. So I went in to do the study drug she started that and that was working for her but then that the third time mm -hmm. when it came back it was very aggressive so apparently when you initially get cancer it doesn't it's very slow i guess because it's new and then they say that eventually gets smart i don't they call it like smart cells it never really made sense but it kind of makes sense in a way like when you mm -hmm. have it and then it goes away when you get it again. It, it, I guess it's used to the drugs. So mm -hmm. it grows a little bit faster. So mm -hmm. then it went away. And then the third time it was just multiplying, like it just like spread out of control. 
Wow. So that third one is really what kind of did it. Like it never really went away. It started to go away and then it didn't. Then it like mm-hmm. it started growing back. And then it got to the point that, you know, it, it put her in a coma. So, you know, and that was another thing too. Um, it's like the second time it came back when the hospital told me there was nothing more they could do for her. And mm. I literally, like, I came home and I'm like, I was in the bed crying for like a day. And I'm like, I can't, this is not me. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, the next day, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I mm-hmm. went to work and my boss was like, mm-hmm. what are you doing here? I was like, I'm here, but I'm not really here. So I'm like, you know, I kid you not, I contacted every major hospital in the country and my coworkers helped me also. That's why I'm like very grateful I still have a job because That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, we contacted every major hospital, I faxed, I email and you know found um an, another study for her and it was helping her and then it stopped working. So it got to the point where they never really had a cure for this particular disease. Mm-hmm. And you know, we pretty much did everything. I've had samples sent all over, like samples is all over the country. All types right. of tests has been run. Like her medical records are all over in different hospitals. And, you know, some people close the doors on us. I know some major facilities talking about they don't turn kids away. They do turn kids away. And that's another mm. thing too, I have to put out there why we specifically give the money back to the families and for their well-being and and for their health and their lifestyle for their memories is because we were turned away i had doors closed on me i've had people tell me there's nothing more they can do i had people Mm -hmm. reject us who say they don't Mm -hmm. reject people so do you think i'm gonna spend my days and my time raising money for your research when you turn my child and left her for dead. Wow. And then, um, we're sorry. No, I'm sorry. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't do, um, I don't collect funding for research. Right. And that's why. Because I know people have asked me about that and then people get a little testy and there's a lot of foundations out there so if you don't feel comfortable giving to us because we give back to the families, that's okay. You know, if you mm-hmm. want to fund research, that's fine. I feel like research failed us. I feel like research closed their doors on us. Um, people that could have helped us didn't. So mm-hmm. am I going to put money in your pocket to do whatever it is that you claim that you're doing? No, I'm not. So, mm-hmm. you know, later on down the line, facilities that did help us, that did work with us, if they mm-hmm. do have a study for penobestoma, yeah, I would be happy to raise funds and to help fund that particular project and Mm -hmm. that particular research. But just in general, our programs are specifically for the families. And, you know, our motto is making moments count. So that's why if you look at our programs, everything has to do with the families. Yes. Because you Um, never know when that moment is your last. Right. And and like I said earlier, that's something that when I was looking at the foundation and I was looking at all the different 
things that you can donate to. I thought mm -hmm. that was amazing. I thought that was different. I thought that that was amazing, especially for the families, because it does provide the families with those particular moments for their child, right? Um, just as something as as simple as an outing or recreational, something fun to do with your like with your children, you know, or, or with their child. Um, those are memories that's going to last a lifetime that 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 you can never ever repay somebody for. Um, so. I absolutely agree. Um, and that's why, again, I think people please go to the Zofia Alexandra Foundation dot org. Um, please donate. Um, take a look at whatever whatever program that you like. Please, please absolutely donate something. Um, it is everything is in Zofia's name uh, as it should be. And, um, you know, you are a trailblazer right now um, and you're doing it your way as and I and. Obviously, and as you say, Zofia did it her way, right? And you can see where she got it from because you do it your way as well, right? Oh, thank um, you. I mean, everything is on her timeline, you know, because even things mm -hmm. that we want to do. I know um, Christmas is a big time of the year. I thought about, wow, like, do I really want to do something and not do something? Because, you know, I've been going at this since January. Like, yeah, um, I need a little bit of a break. But um yes, please please do don't don't break yourself down yeah. now. Like get but get you know, enough to help on. Before I get into that, I must say you know people grieve differently, and I'm yes. very blessed to be able to do what I'm doing because I think this is part of the grieving process. Mm -hmm. And then there's actually real results. So I feel right. like you know, had I waited a year later to put this mm -hmm. together. I don't know if it would have been put together the same way because when mm -hmm. I started this, it was, you mm -hmm. know, I was in here. I couldn't sleep. I'm up damn near 24 hours and I'm like, you know, and like I said, everything was just effortlessly. So everything was poured into the foundation. So what you see here is like, it's part of the process. It's all Zofia mm -hmm. and it's all love and it's all giving mm -hmm. back to the families. How, you know, I felt is needed. Mm. So I know for the holidays, we are doing um, toys for the holidays for the kids. If you go on the okay. page, people can mm -hmm. send the toy for Christmas. Now being that we are on Zofia's timeline, I am taking most of December off. So in the mm -hmm. beginning of December, we will be giving the toys out. Um, not sure how we're going to do that. Yeah, we'll make it fun. Maybe a Christmas parade or something. I'll let you know if you can come yeah, out. Let me know. Something. <laughs> let me but, know. I'll be there. Yeah, um, getting all the toys and stuff together. And, you know, the last part of December, we're going to pretty much shut down. And it's going to be her memorial. She was buried in January. So I will not return until after that date. So we're still on her clock. Her time. Yes. And that's amazing. Um, so if if a young person or younger person or just somebody in general were to, come, were to come up to Sephora and say, hey, you know, listen, they're going through the same thing or they just got a diagnosis with, with, their, with their child, mm -hmm. what advice would you give them? You know, what would you tell them to, to do? Or how, or how um, to handle this, the situation? I would tell people, um, 
once your child is diagnosed with something and you don't know what it is, you have to yeah. do your own research. You have to research and mm -hmm. you have to advocate for them. I've seen people right. with their child in the hospital for like two weeks and I'm like, where's the parent? Because, you know, you're there 24-7 and you walk around. And I'm like, yeah. in the nursing station, they're holding the child. I'm like, where's the mother? Like, you can't do that. Once your child right. is diagnosed and it's, it, that's what it is, it affects everyone in the household. It affects the mm -hmm. family. And so everyone has to get involved. And I feel like the best thing you can do is to advocate for your child. Like you have mm -hmm. to be their voice. She was at an age when she was two, she couldn't speak and really communicate what was going on. And certain things mm -hmm. that she did, you know, they labeled her as having a behavioral problem. No, mm -hmm. she was in pain, but couldn't express right. that. So you have to know your child and know what's going on with them so that you can advocate for them and they can get the best care. Another thing too, I was never that um, yes person, yes woman, I guess, or like, really? okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I, you know, I can't just, you know, they suggest something. You're like, okay, like I, I was not that person. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would ever be that person because if I was, she no. wouldn't be here. And I think that you need to challenge a doctor sometime because when mm -hmm. she was first diagnosed within that eight to nine months, you know they suggested doing things that I didn't agree with. And I knew right. in my heart, if I did that, that she wouldn't be here. Right. She wouldn't have made it as long as she did. And I told them, mm -hmm. no, and they kept like, you know, it's almost like a setup where they'll have this person talk to you and then this person talks to you. And I, I had to shut that down. And I said, listen, I'm not doing that. Stop sending different teams in here to speak to me like I'm illiterate. Mm. This is not going to happen now. Because she was wow. at the age where they wanted to do radiation for full brain and spine. And at two years old, mm. she would have been severely brain damaged. Right. So I said, no, what happened to chemo? Go back to your books and figure it out. Then they wanted right. to do stem cells and they said they only do two stem cells. So I'm like, okay, if there's a little cancer left, oh, why don't we do a third one? Oh, we've never done a third one. Well, maybe we should do a third one because you're not doing radiation. Mm. Stem cells are dangerous because they basically wipe your system out and then mm -hmm. you have to wait for it to come back up. Now, you know what cancer kids, like if they get infections, that can kill them faster than the cancer. So what do you do as right. a parent? You know, it's like I made decisions for her but they were never easy decisions and it was kind of worse and worser type of thing. So right. it was one of those situations where don't just take what they're telling you because they mm -hmm. tend to do what would be easy for them. And I think that mm -hmm. you need to challenge the doctor and figure out what are my options? Always know what your options are. So first you need to educate yourself on your child's mm -hmm. situation, know your child. And I think that you need to challenge your doctor and don't be that yes parent to be like, okay, okay. Because mm -hmm. then child's not going to be here. I've been in the hospital where I've seen kids die. And I'm like, oh my God, like I never wanted to be that parent because I was in there right. crying as if it was my child, you know, like it's very right. traumatic because when you're in the hospital for eight, nine months, you do get to know the families. 
The families yeah. become families because the truth is you don't see your own family half the time. You don't see some of your mm -hmm. friends, you mm -hmm. know, and so you get close with the people that you do see all the time. True. And so that's what I would tell them as a parent. Like you need to really advocate for your child and stand your ground and they're going to want to back you into a corner and you mm. still need to stand there. And sometimes you'll be standing there by yourself because it was one thing for me to have custody but it was another mm -hmm. thing. I made all the decisions. Right. So I had to really think, then I had to pray, mm -hmm. then I had to think, then I had to cry. Then I'm looking at her like, what do I do? And then, you know, grandma would be like, I can't tell you what to do. She would tell me right. what she thought, but nobody mm -hmm. wanted to be the person to be like, you should do this because if something that. happened, then I'm gonna be like, oh, I'll blame you. So yeah. you're the one that's actually making the decision. And you have wow. to, you know, make sure that you're making the right one. Hmm. So. Okay. I mean, that, 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 that's incredible advice. That is amazing advice. And it's something that, that you've lived. Um, I think my brother said your daughter was a testament to who you are. Stay strong and much love to you. Um, yeah, you know, um, the one thing is, you know, because we have a couple minutes left. The one thing that I want to get out to you um, is that you're incredible. Um, there, there's nowhere else, there's nothing else to really say, but you're incredible. You are an incredible mother. Um, I know the Sophia Alexandra Foundation is going to do amazing, amazing things. I'll support it in any way that I, I can. I want to encourage people to go out and get the book. Miracles can happen. You know, uh, Sophia is an author. Um, she left her imprint on, on this world, um, so much. So it's like I said, that so many people that are adults and elders, they haven't left as big of an imprint that she's left on this earth for the six years that she was here. Um, so no matter what, I know it's never pleasant. It's not pleasant. It hasn't been pleasant to lose somebody like Zofia. But the one thing I will say is that, my God, did, did, did she live and did she leave an imprint? Um, and so I just want to say, Thank you to you, number one, for telling Zofia's story. Um, and, and thank you for doing this. Um, I thought it was important. Um, I thought her story was important. And your story was important. Because we can't forget about the caregivers. We can't forget about the parents that go through um, this with the child or the, the person that they're going through this with. And then even after they transition, they still go through. You know, so... I, I just really just want to say thank you for being you, you know, and thank you for, for pushing through and your perseverance and, and your strength. It's absolutely amazing and it's un, 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 uncanny. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me and for creating a platform for people to come and share their stories. I mean, I'm always happy to share Zofia's story. If there's anyone mm -hmm. that, you know, have a cancer child or if they're a caregiver and they have questions, I'm always happy to help them. Certain things mm -hmm. I don't put on the page because um, I don't mm -hmm. want to end up missing. You know, like there's a lot of back stories and there's mm -hmm. certain things that you just can't put out. And I of feel course. like in general with everything, you have to look beyond the photo. You have to look beyond the picture because what you see in the hospital and what people tell you, you have to look beyond that, you know? Of course. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, please, everybody follow her at Zofia Alexandra Foundation um, on Instagram and all social media platforms. Um, go get the book on 
the website or Amazon. Um, donate to the foundation, please, please. Um, so again, thank you. Um, and we'll work together soon. You know, we're already talking about some, some things. So thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you. Bye. All right, take care. Bye.